Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, I interview amazing, badass women real estate investors who share their stories, their advice, their biggest mistakes. And I am super excited to have with us today, Corey Sigmund, who is, um, she's a very seasoned real estate investor and entrepreneur. She went from building and running her own businesses since the age of 17 to helping support others build theirs. She's been in real estate for the past 13 years and has been and continues to be a successful rehabber and multifamily developer across several states. She's currently, when not traveling and enjoying life, she supports real estate investors that are new and seasoned to build portfolios of rental properties so they can grow passively while doing what they love. Um, she builds with her the profits that she gets from her investment. She builds primary schools and wells in six countries and continues to support clean water and global education. I love that. Like being able to do well, do good by doing well. Uh, she's spoken on stages all over the world, helping to inspire people to take action and try new things in their financial lives so that they can live the lives they want. And I'm so excited to have her here. Welcome, Corey. Awesome. Thanks, Monique. I'm so grateful. It's always when you hear yourself, you're like, wow, did I do all that? But <laughs> <laughs> you're like, pat on back. I'm cool. I'm great. <laughs> so yeah, you, you should pat yourself on the back. This is it's amazing, all the things that you've done. Um, so, I'm ex so I'm excited to have you here. Now you have been an entrepreneur since 17. What did, what did you start doing at 17? Uh, so you used to be, oh, nightclubs. Um, that's my oh, background. Nightclubs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I started working in nightclubs very young. I, I lived in Miami, so it was South Beach and it just went to New York, came, I'm in LA now, so very close to you. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's been a great journey. I loved it. I was extremely good at it. And then uh, as with every business, you're going to have wins and you're going to have not wins uh, and just kind of crash and burned my last business, lost multiple millions and said, I probably don't want to do this anymore. Um, so I got into real estate, which, yeah. <laughs> so, man, I'm so, okay. Before we get into the real stuff, I'm, like, I'm so fascinated by this, this nightclub. There. I was like, you weren't even legal to get into the nightclub. I was not legal, so but you know, in South Beach that? at that time, nobody cared. So it okay. was, it was it's one of those, like, you can see over the bar, you're welcome kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so you, you, you owned a night, you own nightclubs. That's amazing. And so then what got you into real estate? I, my last club was falling apart. Um, I had an owner who uh, had just gotten into some personal challenges and we, I was just watching money just bleed out. It was just, it was like, I didn't know how I was going to keep it together. I'm, I'm at home eating like top ramen and we're just, you know, taking care of all these people trying to just keep my employees together. I had 89 employees and it was, uh, I just didn't want employees anymore. I wanted a business that I could do business with other businesses. And someone had been like real estate. And I had thought real estate was either, uh, flipping houses or being an agent. Um, so like in a part-time alternate life. Also, I, I used to race cars. So I was like, well, nobody wants to ride in the car with me. So being an agent, unfortunately, was just not on my radar of me just driving <laughs> people around all day. Uh, so I was like, well, you're like, they'll be frightened. <laughs> okay, how fast we go. <laughs> you know, that, that Kung Fu grip on, on the top of the, the car. So it's, I just, uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to flip houses and, and I'm going to invest in somebody to teach me how to do it. And that's kind of how I got started. I, I gave my employees like a year that I was going to uh, build out something else for myself. And, um, 
and I knew I was going to exit that. Amazing. Okay, so you started flipping, mm -hmm. and um, to tell us about your first flip. Uh, so it was a historical home in the Midwest. Uh, I was living half between here and New York, and it was like a which I'm very versed in these now, like a 1905 to 1915 Sears house. So anyone that knows those houses, I mean, there used to be somebody with a catalog that would sell these out of a catalog for like $5,000. And you can pull this piece off the wall and you see like the receipt in the house. It's, it's like the coolest thing to me. Um, but that was my first one. Wow. I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> but I stayed in the historical home, you know, there's a story there. So what, <laughs> like what, what are some of the adventures of that first flip? Well, I think like living in New York and LA, like everything's real shiny and like, mm -hmm. you know, and like seeing like knobby wood floors. And my friend who was my agent at the time, Ashley, she's like, well, no, this is the way like the wood floors are. I'm like, no, no, we got to sand them down and make them smooth. And then she's like, no, no, like this is what, this is what people buy. And, and I was like, okay. And I had my contractor put in like railings. Well, you can't do that on a historical home. You just, they're like, we need you to take those down and put the old ones back up. I'm like, well, the old ones were a little, not great. Uh, <laughs> so, it, you know, but it was like, that's what they expect. So it was just learning process. Um, thank yeah. goodness I had a contractor that had the massive patience of, of an angel. And um, I mean, we still work together. So it's been 13, 14 years now. And we're still, we're still doing houses. And anytime we get a Sears house, we're like, it's like Christmas morning. You're like, great. We know these. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So you, I know you've done a lot since, um, since that first one. And what are you, what are you currently doing? Currently I'm developing a 900 unit in Santa Barbara, uh, you know, a little North of, of Los Angeles. Uh, I've got a 36 unit luxury development outside of Austin, about 20 minutes outside of Austin. So both of those projects, and then we've got a 1100 in Pomona. So I, those are so outside of things that I know how to do. I legit do not have any idea. Like my partners, I, I say all the time, I'm like, okay, guys, I really, I don't know. And they're like, no, you actually do. Because every time I get on calls, I think the questions I ask are always like, oh, she knows what she's doing. Because um, I came from, I know like 15 to 30 units. I can develop those all the time. I mean, those are, that's just a specialty I've done for years, but these were like, wow. But it's just been so fun to relearn and like re-engage and I think that's what I love about real estate is there's always something that, okay, you, you think you're proficient to something and then something else comes out and you're like, whoa, no, I did not know. But it's cool because like you're learning and, and some, like what you've created is you have, you know, a community of people to go to. And so I've yeah. built my community and I, I worked with a company, consulted with them for years, and they've got a great community that I can consult with other investors. And it's just good to be in communities where when I'm in that moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I have no idea what I'm doing here that you can go to different people and like, oh, okay, yeah, actually, you know, I do. Or, oh, wait, okay, this is what I have to, you know, learn for my toolbox to put in there for, for the next meeting. That's incredible. Okay, so what what helped you make that leap from, you know, those like smaller, smaller uh, multifamily developments to now to 1100? What, how did that leap happen? Everything was accidental. I mean, I always was like, I'm going to flip houses till I die, which I will. Um, I got to bring my mom and dad into the business. They're in Florida, the other coast. Um, and so it's cool because like, I still flip with them. And I, I love that. People are like, you're doing these big ones, but I love flipping. It's just, it's a start to finish, close the loop. Um, but these just kind of fell in my lap. Again, it's just different networks that I've been in. 
uh, masterminds that I've been in and creating relationships where people were like, all right, can you like, just come help us? Um, you know, I think there's an advantage always as a woman uh, uh, that does a lot of real estate is we, we get a little more advantage of like, oh, hey, like come in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I've done a lot of different types of real estate and it's, yeah, it's just the different networks of, of finding this to be asked to be partners in these opportunities, which has been really, really cool. Why do you think it's an advantage as a woman? I mean, I, I feel like it was just such a male, do- when I first started this years ago, same as you, yeah, I think we're, we're almost the same amount of time. And that this was just like what I found at the time. And it was just the groups I was in, the circles I was in, it was just a very male dominated arena. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and like now it's cool because like I said, I used to consult with a company for like six years and, and I, we were helping investors and teaching them and training them. And all these women were coming in and they're like, oh my gosh, you get to see a woman because like I was with all men all the time. And I mean, one of the, there was two, two women that literally they're just crushing it. They're on like their 30th flip in California out here in Los Angeles. And I mean, they're just doing multi-million dollar projects. And like, we just never would have thought that because we never saw women in, but as an advantage, men are always like, oh yeah, we'll just have this, you know, unassuming token female on our team. And it's like, yeah, I'm probably the one that's going to push all the stuff through, but it's fun. I don't know. I think it's an advantage. I I don't look at it as I I think it it can be an advantage too. Um, You know, we're not Waldos. We don't fade into the background. (laughs) And, and it, they, they've shown that women prefer working with other women, but also men prefer working with women. So um, there, it really, it really is an advantage for women. So if you're any of you ladies are out there going, I can't get in because it's too male dominated. No, that's a bit, it, it is an advantage or it can be. Um, so you've done a lot of different things and, um, and we, you know, we met through this organization that you're, you're now part of rent to retirement. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about, about them and what they do there and what you do. With them? Absolutely. So I love it because I remember Zach had approached me. They it just kind of got a call from a friend of like, Oh, they're looking for a female in real estate again, just advantage. Um, because there was all these men that wanted to work for this company and we're a very small company and they sold um, turnkey properties, which are like fully renovated, ready to go. Cash flow is kind of how I, I perceive it for people that are just busy and they don't want to have to find that. And I called and he called me and he was like, I was like, I'm going to take this call. I'm not really looking for anything. And he's like, do you think you could talk to people about real estate all day? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I really was like, I really don't know if I want to talk about real estate all day. Cause I don't know if I have enough to talk about. Um, and the owner's act was just like, <laughs> you know, I was like, the owner's act was like, well, let's just like, give it a shot. Let's see where it goes. You know, I think it just, it's, you know, we have a lot of women that are requesting women because we know that, but we get to help people build portfolios of rental properties and have access that they wouldn't have access to where they don't have to get on planes. They don't have to, I mean, I have investors that are like, should I get on a plane and go see it? I'm like, if you want to, but I would take the money from that and go somewhere you actually want to go. so it's just a cool opportunity to provide a really good product um, and give because I'm across seven different states currently and actively in my business but to also be able to talk about okay like this is what's good about this market this is what's not good I mean there's just times that we're just like hey this is a great property and this one might not be for you and that's the cool thing about rent retirement and what I do is I can just I'm only giving people opinions based on my experience 
but then it just gives them a little bit more information so they can make a better decision of like, oh, wow, I maybe, maybe wouldn't have gone to that market. Had you not like kind of highlighted that? Yeah. I love that. And, you know, it's, it's great with the, the turnkeys. Um, you know, a lot of people want to own real estate. They want the benefits, the tax benefits, the passive income, all the, all the things, but they don't want to have to go to a different market or find the tenants or do the property management or do all the renovation. And there, you know, there are companies like rent to retirement that will do that for you. And you can still get this cash flowing properties and, and, uh, you know, I have, have your portfolio without having to do the work, which is great. Um, okay. So I want to ask you my, my favorite question, because I feel like we learn so much more when things don't go well than when they do. So what would you say was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Monique, what do you mean things don't go well? Like <laughs> they all it's always smooth sailing. There's never an issue. It's always just no, no, it's yeah, it's so funny. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. No, Maybe. it's good. The one thing you focus on of like, okay, this could go well. So I'm gonna keep an eye on this. And all of a sudden, all these other things go well, go wrong. And you're like, well, I was folk. Okay. So um, gosh, I don't know. There's like a hundred things. I mean, we so I mean, just currently. I would say this large, you know, we're doing this, this land and the acquisition on this land in Austin was 13 million. And the day before we were getting ready to close, the lender's like, yeah, I just don't want to, I don't want to lend on this anymore. And I was like, oh, and it was a local bank. And we had had like all these conversations. We had flown out there. We had met them. They had surveyed. I mean, we were in it. We were like one or two days before closing. And I was like, all right. And it was one of those things that it's like, you know, the seller is expecting and we're expecting and we have all these people in place to start moving and and putting the roads in and clearing things. And it was like, well, that didn't happen. Um, But again, thank goodness I built the relationships I built that it wasn't it was a hiccup, but it it definitely uh, made me made me think a little more, you know, of like, okay, I guess I really better lock this stuff because it was just like, all right, they're in. So where was. That doesn't sound like a mistake to me as much as a, just like a, you know. No, mistake of vetting out the lender and what they actually, what they carried in their, in their paper, like what they had lent on and they hadn't lent on this. And if I really would have looked deeper into researching who they were, and I'm not talking about like a major, but just really said like, you know, let me see, are you, how many of these are you doing? And like actively and currently, um, I think I would have had better optics of what it was kind of any deal is, you know, where I've made a mistake is that there's, there was something that I didn't look at that probably was staring me right in the face like that. If I would have known like, Hey, they they just don't do these types of loans, but they said they were going to. And if I would have really known that and just not taken their word of like, yeah, yeah, we got this. We got, Oh my God, we're so excited. Um, I would have known that they just don't do them. And I probably should have had a backup at that point. That's good advice. And, and that's so good. It's, it's such a good, um insight too to look at you know the lenders are obviously doing due diligence on you because they're the the biggest investors in in a sense in your in your deals but you too should do due diligence on the lenders and make sure that they're the right lenders for and it's not just about the terms that they're offering and things like that but who are they as lenders because you you do not want to get stuck with like your lender pulling out on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, well, it's the same, it's the same as if like you have a contractor, like yeah, don't everything. have a commercial contractor doing a rental renovation. It just, it, it's or vice it's versa. A, vice versa. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different type of, of system that they use and you're, you could, it could work out, but at a certain point, it's just not, it's not the same. That's not what they're there for. Yeah. And, and, you know, different, different people have different specialties. And so it's getting the, the right people that have the specialty for what you need. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a really good learning. Um, all right. So the, other than the, the biggest mistake, what, this is a flip side. What are you most proud of? Bringing my family into the business and knowing what I did was good enough for my family. Like I bring a lot of other families in and I take care of their families. You know, I've been teaching and training for a long time, but like when I got to bring my own family in and watched it work and watch my dad be like, this is the best thing I've done like ever. Why was I not doing this 40 years ago? I was like, okay. I mean, my dad says I'm the favorite child. My mom says I'm the only, but as a <laughs> child, I, well, I think those are both true then. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like I knew that I was doing the right thing. And again, as, as many times as you hear other families be like, thank you. And like, you've done this. It's like, when you hear your own family say it, it's like, it's a, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. That's uh, at yeah, my, um, my parents are about to like, just in the, in escrow on something that they're, they're selling that helped them, I helped them get. And, we're about to, um, yeah, make like 200, over 250,000 on something. And I'm like, that feels good. <laughs> to be able to, Congratulations you know, like, to them. That, you know, that's, it's so good to be able to help, you know, the family. Um, it's not, not just in like leaving a legacy, but actually helping them to, to do the business as well. It's amazing. To what do you attribute your success? Because you've had a tremendous amount of success. Paying people to teach me what to do when I'm lost. 100%. Yeah. My skin in the game to learn. And listen, not everybody I've invested in. I guess I say invested, but there was money. It is an investment. Yeah. Every, not everyone I've invested in has been the right fit. I don't think we're a right fit for everybody, but I definitely, there's no way I'd be where I'm at or continue to be where I'm going if I didn't keep investing. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge part of me, my success as well. Like always learning, investing in yourself. Um, and what advice do you have for a woman just starting out in this field? Pick one strategy that you want to do and don't do it because it makes sense to you. For example, like when I used to coach people, like I'm going to start, start with wholesaling, but I really want to flip houses. And I'm like, well, then why don't you start flipping houses? Like, why are you starting with wholesaling? Like, I understand there's a tier of certain people, but you know, there's always ways to get the money and there's always ways to get the deals. And there's always people you can partner with. And I mean, when I started my clubs at 17, I did not have that kind of money. I was the working owner part of it. Like if you have to give up 50% of your deal to do what you love and what you're passionate and that you want to start in real estate with, isn't that a good thing? Instead of learning a whole process that you don't really want to do just because that's where you have to start. So that would be my suggestion. That's great advice. Um, and I want to ask you a question that, so in the, in my new 
or my new book, Invest Like a Goddess, Advice from the Most Successful Women in Real Estate, uh, I've been asking a series of questions about advice. And one of the questions that I found so helpful is, what is the worst advice you could give somebody? What's the worst advice? Wow, worst advice to give somebody? Um, I mean, I would just say like to just give, like the worst advice would be to just give up. Like it's not working. It's, you know, listen, there are some times you cannot fit, you know, a square peg in a round hole, but there are some times you're right there. You know, it's, yeah. it's like people give up, I think, and I've done it. So it's not, it's, I, I've been there, but it's kind of like, I don't, have you heard the analogy of the bamboo plant? Like when you plant bamboo and you have to water it for five years and there's nothing for five years. And so like somebody watering bamboo, like bless them because like my, my patients, you know, would not be there. But then in five years, it shoots up like six feet. And you just didn't know if you just would have kept watering it, kept watering. I'm not saying like keep trying something for five years, but it's trying something the right way with the right people to get it to work. And I think like the worst advice would be just to just stop doing it because you don't know how to do it um, on your own. With the... If, if you, after that lender said, sorry, we're not doing it. We're like, oh, I guess we can't do this deal, <laughs> right? Like you just uh, throw your hands up, give up. Like, okay, I guess we'll go home now. <laughs> like, no, yeah. yeah. Made a few very fast phone calls and, and tried to, you know, popsicle stick and glue that right back together, which thank goodness it did. But it was a, yeah. a you know, moment, moment of like, oh man, but it's always something that's too. I mean, it's the same as I'm sure you've been in deals. I've been in deals where we're right to the finish line and like something just goes way off the tracks and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not the end of the world. And I've just learned like, then that's just not for me always. It's, it's just like, there's, if I have to push a deal through, like, I know that that's not the deal. There are things you have to push down the tracks, but if it's like, I'm forcing a deal to go through, that is not the deal for me. You cannot make magic numbers in real estate which is great because the rest of my life is all color and just all over the day. Real estate is like the numbers make sense usually, or they don't make sense. And if I'm trying to force numbers, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. No deal is better than a bad deal, but I I think what I'm hearing you say, is not sometimes a particular deal may not be the one, but don't give up on the enterprise. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, some, sometimes it's like, this, you've, you've done some work on something and it's just like, this is not meant to be. And that's okay. Um, but don't quit real estate investing. Don't quit real estate investing. It's the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. I'll never stop doing this. So yeah, it'll, it'll work. Like maybe this particular battle you can't do, but stick with the war. Um, not even war. It's like not, not all the seeds you plant. Is I think that's a better analogy. Yeah. I think really where it is, is yeah. it's kind of like, I think we've all had, and I'm sure you have it too, that one deal that you remember, mine was on Gregory and I didn't take it, but like the numbers didn't make sense. Like I, I put enough money up where I was like, okay, and I'll, this is my highest and best. And it didn't work. And I was like, man, I mean, this thing was ugly. It had a blue tarp on like many, many pieces of the house. The, the fireplace was falling down. It was like a three-story old home, but it was in this area. And I was like, I know, but like what well, we could do with this house. And I still am like, man, but you know what? At the end of the day, like the numbers just did, the numbers didn't work. And thank goodness I had people around me that were like, hold, because if you go anymore, like you're, you're going to, you could go a little upside down. It could be too skinny. So it was just having people around me that were like, okay, I'm good. No deal is better than a bad deal. Yeah, (laughs) true. 
Um, all right, so bef before we get to our famed end of show trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire, what is the best place for people to connect with you or find out more about what you do? Uh, if you're looking for turnkey investments, um, reach out to me at renttoretirement.com. Um, it's Corey, C-O-R-I at renttoretirement.com. Um, yep. Go ahead. Let them know you found out about it through real estate investor gossip. Yeah, please. Good care of you. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And you, we have had some of your clients are amazing. They're like the sweetest women. I love them. So it's, but yeah, definitely let us know that, um, social wise. I just have my personal stuff on Instagram, but you can reach out at C Zygman. Um, on my socials. And I think that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I love talking about real estate. I'm always here to support and help. So I, um, you know, if there's any way that I can somehow support somebody, always feel free to reach out. All right. Thank you. Okay. So now it's time for our Trinity, which is a brag, gratitude, and desire. So what's one thing you are celebrating right now? What's your brag? My brag is that I'm just really living my life the way I want to. I do about three days a week, about 28 hours a week, and that's what I work. And I'm able to kind of flexibly fit in everything else. And, and I'm very grateful that I built my life to be able to do that because it, it did take some time. So well, Brad. And what's one thing you're grateful for? I God, I have so much. Um, at this moment, I'm grateful to, you know, connect with you as always. Um, be a part of different communities and be able to, I, I mean, I'm just so grateful to always be able to serve. If somebody hears one thing that I said and it makes a difference, it's, I have a lot of gratitude because definitely taking my bumps and bruises. If I can help somebody not take that, um, my heart will be happy. Mm, beautiful. And last but not least, what is one desire? Mm. Boy, I don't know. I would, that's a hard one to say. One desire, just that, yeah, I mean, personally, I would say just that all my projects go well and my family is taken care of because the more success that I have, I get to help a lot of people and in helping those people, I get to support my family. Mm. Well, so shall your desires be better than you can imagine. Awesome. Grateful for it. Thank you, Monique. Thank you. This was so fun. Um, Y'all, you can connect with Corey at Corey at renttoretirement.com. So C-O-R-I at R-E-N-T-T-O-R-E-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T.com and or at C. Zygman on all the socials. And uh, you can connect with me at REI at Goddesses or www.reigoddesses.com. Definitely also subscribe and um, so that you won't miss another amazing Real Estate Investor Goss podcast interview. Bye-bye.